Warning. Watch very closely now. Three, two, one. Bazow! Check that out. The following podcast features terrible jokes. You know you can use uh, Hot Wheels cars when you need to make a saving throw in D&D? Every car is die cast. Usually about board games. We want the fun. <laughs> Gotta have that fun. <laughs> Must insist that no one attempt to recreate any joke performed on this podcast. We had less technical issues than a million dollar company. All right. This is Boards and Swords. Hello out there, everyone. Welcome to Boards and Swords. I am one of your hosts. My name's Chris Renshaw, and this is a podcast where we have bad jokes, we've got good folks, and we've got some uh, some tabletop games to talk about. Like I said, I'm Chris Renshaw. Over there on the opposite side of the screen, that's Mr. Philip Herbig. How are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this wonderful, wonderful Monday evening. With uh, boards and swords, <laughs> okay. Best I was like, you, le- you left a hang there for a second. I didn't know what was what was going on. You got you got to have you got to have the the thematic pause for effect. Uh, okay, we'll see. In this day and or age, so I'm told, especially when we're like late. I'm like, uh oh, is somebody <laughs> there's like the pause. I'm like, do we lose some money? But no, because we have. I mean, I could do that. I could just be like, hey. <laughs> No jokes there, but uh, we do have somebody here with us again today. Our very special guest, we have Dan from Monster Fight Club. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be a part of this. So, uh, for those people that don't know what Monster Fight Club is, uh, why don't you give us a breakdown? Sure. Uh, Monster Fight Club is a, a great miniature gaming company that specializes in pre-painted miniature gaming terrain. That's kind of where we got our, our footing here. And we've got everything from rocks and trees and other things to really bring your your tabletop gaming to life and give it that three-dimensional feel. But we've also created our own uh, tabletop skirmish game, Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone, which ties hand-in-hand with the Cyberpunk Red RPG. And also we have our, our Borderlands game as well, which will be coming out to uh, full retail in about a month or so. Yes, yes. And so uh, that's like I, I've talked I've, I've talked briefly um, about Monster Fight Club because I, I first got introduced to your stuff uh, last year at Gen Con. But uh, we will get back to that. But uh, first, uh, we have some news to talk about. All right. Uh, first up, uh, I made an app for roofers to buy products from local deal- dealers. It's called Tarfinder. <laughs> so Paizo announced Starfinder 2nd Edition. Uh, Paizo announced Starfinder 2nd Edition, a new edition of the popular sea f- Starfaring, I almost said Seafaring, RPG, which will begin playtesting with the release of the Starfinder playtest rulebook in summer 2024. It was in their keynote presentation for Gen Con 2023. I feel like this was, this was bound to happen. This is pretty... Uh, pretty obvious considering they've been switching to the whole, uh, uh, you know, like orc license and all that. So, you know, they got the revised books and everything coming out and they did the whole st- uh, Pathfinder second edition. So I feel like it was only a matter of time before Starfinder second edition came out. Yeah. It's also been, it'll, they'll start play testing at the seven year mark. Yeah. For but first edition of Star This, this so is nice. the only problem I have with this is Paizo does this and I hate it. I hate the whole we're gonna put out a physical beta rulebook, playtest rulebook, and then you can buy that, and then in a year you can buy the exact same rulebook, but it's the final version. I don't like that. Just put a PDF out 
and then give me a get final version. It just smells like you just want to squeeze as much money as possible. Chris, did you just advocate a digital only delivery of a product? Yes, when it's a beta rule book. <laughs> okay. You realize if this was Wizards of the Coast and somebody's and they said that we're putting out the one D&D rule book and then next year we're going to put out the actual this is the playtest rule book, people would have a fit. But because it's Paizo, it's okay. Okay, gotcha. August 21st, 926, p.m. <laughs> All right, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Date and time. Got it marked. <laughs> Dan, do you play any RPGs at all? Uh, I do. We uh, we played Dungeons & Dragons with my gaming group. Uh, we had a couple runs with Rangers of Shadow Deep and Frostgrave, but that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I was always D&D over Pathfinder or something. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to run a Starfinder grant game once, but that was like in the middle of COVID, and I found out we just wanted to talk more than we actually wanted to play RPGs. <laughs> it's like Is I that need, social feeling. Yeah, though? I need that social interaction more than I want to actually do an RPG. <laughs> sure. uh all right uh next story a guy that buys a two million dollar magic car is in a class on his malone what up oh uh <laughs> some of these are old because we're, we're in that pre or post gen con thing where everything's getting filtered out but uh yeah post malone bought that uh one of one um uh, magic card the, the the you know the one that was going for like two million dollars uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, when I found the one ring, the first person who came to mind was Post Malone. Uh, I'm just like, I read that and I was like, how? How what? I didn't even, like, like, how, I, I, like, I am aware of Post Malone. Yeah. I was not aware of how in the Magic the Gathering scene he was. I guess if you're really into Post Malone, you knew that. Oh, that could be how it was, yeah. And so, like, this would be like if I found something and thought of Warhammer because it's like, well, no, no, duh. You play Warhammer all the time. Of course, you're going to. It's the same thing. It's like yeah. he gets a magic. Oh, oh, I thought of Post Malone. Well, that's because you like go to all his concerts and stuff, probably. There you go. All right, cool. But I, I love it. Funny. Like all these people, these card things are wanting to buy. And he's like, nah, I'm selling to Post Malone. <laughs> I do. I do like the uh, Spain based hobby shop. They were like, hey. We'll give you some home-cooked paella. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, now, we all know me and my love of food, and I'd be sitting like, mmm, I mean, free food. <laughs> They're like, I want, all the I want all the papaya I, I can ever have. The paella? Paella, thank you. Oh, yeah. I do, I do just my, my, my beef with, it's, it's only mint nine, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's the drool. The drool from the, unpacking it. Yeah, the drool. Probably probably is some oil from his fingers. He didn't open the pack no, with like apparently gloves it, on or something. Uh, if you remember back the story, it was based on the printing. So like they didn't even print it that well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's why it was... Uh, which it should be like its own. It's it's a one of one. It should be its own like yeah. mint mint ten with an asterisk. That sucks when it's like, you, I didn't even do anything and it's still not a ten. So... All right, uh, moving along. Uh, if you took the car from Knight Rider and changed the voice to a cat, would that make it now a kit? To so, uh, I'm just going to move on past the silence there. Uh, in another one of those, the board game based off the car game, based on the TV show, based on the blah 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 blah. So, 
there was a card game called Exploding Kittens. You may or may not have heard of it. Very popular. I'm being sarcastic. They made a TV show or making a TV show about it on Netflix. Um, and now they're making a card game based on that TV show that's based on the card game. <laughs> so Netflix show based on the Exploding Kittens card game is getting turned into a card game. Look at this description for uh, uh, Exploding Kittens, Good versus Evil, is a card game based on the new Netflix series, which is in itself an adaptation of the original game. It was initially announced back in uh, 2022 as being an adult animated TV series co-starring Tom Ellis, known as Lucifer, and Lucy Lou. Is that supposed to be Lucy Lou? That, that is Lucy Lou. Yeah. Okay. I can see the eye. It's a bit, yeah. Yeah. Alongside Abraham Limb, blah, blah, blah. But like in the show, God and the devil are forced to reside on earth as two house cats living together under the same roof. That, okay, I'd watch that. Yeah, I know. That sounds amazing. Plus, plus <laughs> knowing that it has Tom Ellis who played the sh on the show Lucifer. So it's like, I really hope he's the evil cat, you know? Nope. I hope he's the god cat. Oh. <laughs> yep. Just flip it. If anything, the, the this uh, this just makes me happy for the, the TV show more than the card. Like, I don't really care about the card game. It's going to be is what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. So it's it's just a skinned version of it. That's all it is. Okay. Because it says it'll feature the same gameplay mechanics as the original, but featuring characters and artwork directly from the show. Okay, gotcha. So it's just a themed version of it. That's that's a little bit that's a little bit more uh called for, but I was gonna say they keep that going. It's gonna be like high school musical, the musical, the, the series, yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah, I still have my exploding kittens. Uh, the original one. It even has the box that like meows when you open up. It was the first oh, Kickstarter, nice. first Kickstarter I ever backed. I had looked at a bunch of Kickstarters, and then that was the one I was like, I'm signing up for Kickstarter now because I like the oatmeal. All right. Uh, this next product will give you enough dice for an adventure. Uh, uh. I so I I'm all for like f uh, fun geeky products. Uh, and I saw Fan Roll, which is Metallic Dice Games. Um, they revealed an Advent Dice Calendar, and this is something I've been thinking about forever. Because like every year, you see like the the, the Advent calendars with the socks, or you see there's the Advent calendar that had like like uh, Lego minifigs, and I'm like, why are there not more nerdy Advent calendars? Like I was happy when the the uh, escape the game or exit the game came out with an advent calendar i was like yes this is what i'm talking about let's ignore the fact that i didn't do it because i suck at advent calendars apparently <laughs> but i was like why is there not a dice advent calendar like I, I swear i think i came up with this idea like three years ago it was like there should be a dice advent calendar now there is uh it doesn't list the price but it says it comes with over 80 dollars worth of dice so i would imagine the way that's phrased, it would be less than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I mean, depending on the dice set, that's a set of dice. Yeah. Uh, Philip, how much would you pay for, for an advent dice calendar? An advent dice calendar? Um, uh, I don't know, like 40 bucks? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, $40 seems like right for this. So. Pair it uh, up with a, uh, pair it up with the, uh boozy mini bottle advent calendar too? Oh. <laughs> uh, oh okay i i 
Russell Beetle says, I don't want random dice. I like to pick mine out. Well, okay. Then A, this isn't for you. And B, there's you can never have enough dice. Uh, so Says the dice goblin. Yeah. It's holiday. They're holiday themed. They're holiday themed dice. I mean, how can you say that? And it comes in a fan roll dice bag that comes with the calendar. So if you want more information, keep your eye on fan roll by uh, Metallic Dice Games. But uh, let's move along to our last story. Uh, <laughs> I was in a, I was in a bad, I was in a bad place when I when I came up with this joke. Uh, this next story could easily be about pretzels because these guys are probably getting assaulted. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> a very bad place sir well it was stuck in my brain because they're designers of a game called castle assault okay uh looks like by the way the i don't know what bbts is but the pre-order for the calendar is at 49.99 yeah, that's fair that's okay. that's on the high side but fair depending on what the can't the things are made of but uh yeah so we talked about this story last time you know uh Persons of interest went and, uh, you know, not masked up or anything, just straight up stole $300,000 worth of, uh, oh, big bag toy store. Okay. Uh, worth of, you know, magic cards. Well, now we've, and it was like, why have we not caught these people yet? Well, now they have allegedly, allegedly, allegedly we have persons of interest, um, which apparently they're game designers, which a lot of people are like, oh, now we know why they were behind the scenes on Wednesday in a way that it didn't look suspicious. It's because they were supposed to be back there and they just decided, hey, let's become robbers and rolled like a fail on their let's be robbers check. Uh, so yeah, they designed, they, they, two people, I'm not even, I'm not going to say their names just in case you can look it up and find out, but they, uh, identified the two people they were attending Gen Con 2023 and might have been there to support their own card game castle assault which if you look on uh if you look on bgg their game is now like number two on the hotness because there's been so many people talking <laughs> about the everyone game and their cousin is now <laughs> But it's like, uh, I saw that. It was like, okay, so apparently being good is not the only way you end up on the hotness list for BGG. So notoriety works as well. Considering, considering we have somebody here that was an exhibitor at Gen Con, I would just like to say, so Dan, how, how scary was that when you, when this news story broke, considering that's like, oh, that could easily have been like our product that somebody just walked away with. It was it was pretty interesting because uh, it it spread around the hall like a rumor. Like, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Did these guys just walked off? People were trying to figure out what game it was. People were trying to figure out who actually it was. But I mean, if you watch like the footage of it and stuff, I would love to hear them like convince one another. Let's steal this. Like, this you, is a good you want idea. the you want like, the audio. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, oh man, like we could take this right now and and sell it and make a ton of profit, like, and and they just walked right out. So it was crazy that like nobody picked up on this, and there's so much product around. Like, I'm surprised more things don't happen more often like this. Yeah, I mean, I have you have that thought every now and then. That's like, man, if I was slightly immoral, immoral, then like, oh, I could just like grab something and walk out. But you know. We live in a society. 
there's still good people in this world. Oh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> I put like I put but in the That's show. also why the guys at uh at the Dragon Song Forge booth uh they they stand at the corners of their booth and they watch you. <laughs> relentlessly. Or the dude came over, he's like, "Hey man, how do I calculate tags?" Like, "Get back on the damn corner." Did you uh or, or or this reminds me of the there was it was like a PAX East. I think it it may have been the year we went. Where Cards Against Humanity just had a booth that was just a table stacked with their games, and they're like, "We trust you to pay for it." <laughs> they didn't have anybody working it, <laughs> and it just got gone. <laughs> well, I mean, people do love free things. So yeah, they'll go crazy <laughs> if that if that free title goes on there. Yeah, because you know they, they like to do those. They're you know especially back in the in the tens, they they did all sorts of like quirky experiments and stuff so there was one that's like we're just gonna have a booth that has nobody in it but product and a they wanted to see how long it lasts and b to see if anybody actually put money on the table <laughs> all right so uh with that philip why don't you talk about our patreon patreon.com slash boards and swords boards and swords.com slash patreon both of those links are going to get you where you want to go uh, you can help us help support the show. All right. Uh, we give you, uh, <laughs> see, he brought it up already. He's ready to go. <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got great stuff in the Patreon. All right. Um, everyone gets access to the discord. If you just want to come and hang out in the discord, that's great. However, there are secret Patreon only channels in the discord. Um, We've also got, oh, and Chris has brought it up on the screen for everyone to see. Uh, one of our goals, all right, the, the, the different tiers, all right, you get, you get uh, if you back us for a dollar a month, all right, you get access to um, some bonus bits, a little bit of extra content. You back at $5 a month, uh, Chris is going to roast your favorite games in the best, worst dad joke way possible. Uh, back us a little higher. Uh, there's uh, branded D6s that come out. But that's every the same. Few that's years. the same. You get the you get the the pleasure of me roasting your games, and you get D6s as well. Oh, that's even better. That's the only even other better, guys. the only other higher tier is a T-shirt. But you know, nobody nobody cares about T-shirts. But what we care about is the dollar dollar a month. That's all that that's all that matters. That's all we really want. And and if we get to that coveted, if we get to that coveted $50 a month level, uh just like you can see on the screen, Love Mutants of Castle Heartache, okay? This uh this is going to be an amazing uh this is going to be an amazing module that we're going to play through for your listening enjoyment, okay? So, uh fun story. Um, as people that, that heard, heard last, last episode, I managed to get the physical copy of this adventure and I posted it on, uh, I posted it on Instagram going like, I stopped by the booth and I got the, I got this and I reshared it on my, on my, uh, my personal Facebook page as well. And, uh, about 10 minutes later, I get a, a, a message from my wife going, what the hell is this? It sends me the screenshot. <laughs> my wife like hates RPGs and stuff. And she's just like, I, I like the reputation went down just a little bit less than it already was uh, based on that. And I, she was just like, she did. She had this like foul look on her face the entire rest of the day. <laughs> 
Did you tell her I modeled for the cover? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. All right. All right. And with that, uh, let's let's turn it back to uh, Monster Fight Club. So uh, how, how long have you guys been in operation? Monster Fight Club's been around for about five years. Um, we, we got hit very hard when, when COVID, you know, kind of reared its ugly head and, and it got, got pretty tight there for a bit, for about a year and a half, almost two years. But now we're uh, are five years now and Halloween will be our sixth birthday. Nice. I, I mean, I mean, so so why the 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 Monster Fight Club? I I have always wondered that. So the the owner John Kovaleski uh, was with Gale Force Nine for a long time. He's the one that started them, and uh, he you know he moved through different companies and eventually got to a point where he's like, I'm going to break away and kind of do my own thing. And everyone's like, Well, what are you going to do? And he goes, I don't know. Maybe I'll start a Fight Club. And, <laughs> and and that's I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but that's that that's the actual story. So. He said, I'll start a fight club, and, and there you go, and came Monster Fight Club. Everyone always asks us, is it like a monster fighting game? Is it this? Is it that? We're like, no, no, it's just our company. We've got other things and everything, so. That's exactly, like, when I first saw it, that's exactly what I thought of. I thought it was, you know, supposed to be, especially because I think last year when I saw it, it was, you guys were promoting Tentacle Town? Yes, yeah, Tentacle Town was our first board game. Um, which is just a, a cute little worker placement area control game where at the end of every turn, these rubber tentacles come out of the water and basically cause chaos for your villagers. So you have to heroically defend them or they attack houses and, and, and everything. So ultimately preventing you from earning victory points at the end of the game. Yeah. But like when they were, they were showing it off is they had all these, these, uh, these plushy tentacle arms that they would like put on their hands as like gloves uh, and they had, they were like all, like all the booth workers are having them. So it definitely, yeah, those things sell like, they sell like crazy for us at conventions. Those, those I, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the one thing is the past two years that I've seen the both Gen Cons I've, I've seen your booth at, um, it, it is quite an attraction to go to. Cause like last year, not only had the tentacles, but there was also the big kind of, uh, mountainous kind of scene. Um, yep. I'd have to dig through my photos to like pull it back up, but I'm pretty sure I showed it on the screen last year. Uh, and then this year was the big, huge uh, uh, cargo containers display that they had up. It was like a whole dock's worth of cargo containers. So it's definitely it's one of those. Super, like, it's super tanker boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those like double takes. Like, wait, what? I got to go check this out. <laughs> so I'm showing off some. Yeah, of that's uh, that's. A that's always a fun thing to travel with. It's uh, it can be built up to about ten feet long if we really wanted it to. So it's uh, it's always an eye catcher and conversation starter. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and it's it's one of those like you really do have to see the product to kind of understand. Because, uh, uh, for instance, uh, I had talked about and I had shown like pictures of uh, some of the stuff that I had gotten from y'all at the last Gen Con. But when I went to, I took it to our local store. And like showed it off with like, you got like, you know, this is a neoprene mat down here. That's, that's not just like some cheap cardboard. Um, and you know, it's double sided. It's got like a, it's got like a, a, a lake or a pond kind of thing on the other side. So you got multiple different layouts and you know, you could even have like, if it be fall or, and you can take the tree parts off, you know, this is on evergreen, but whatever. Um, and then, you know, You've got all sorts of different orientations. I, I showed this to our store and we had like a couple of people went and bought like sets, 
in the like I think one guy ended up because we were having a tournament later on. They had like they bought three of the three pack sets like immediately afterwards because you don't have to put it together, you don't have to paint it. Like, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than some other terrain. It's still cheaper than like if you want to buy something from like Games Workshop. But, you know, compared to some of the other like MDF stuff, maybe, but it's you're getting, you know, open the box, dump it out on the table, and we're ready to play. It, t- it takes longer to cut out of the box than it does to actually start using it. Right. Um, and then something I saw recently. So I believe the, the is the cityscape new? Because so the, uh, the, the Metropolis terrain was a, a Kickstarter that we did uh, about a few years ago. Okay. And now it's finally fully taking place and everything. Yeah, because I think... We bought some special equipment. Yeah, like last year you were showing it off, but I don't think it was available yet. Like it was coming soon or, right, or something. Right. And, yeah, and, and now it is, it is fully available. And I mean, I'm not just saying it because the logo's on my shirt. This is the best terrain <laughs> for anything to do in a city fight. Like it's, it's perfect scale. It's sturdy. It looks good in pictures. It's versatile. You can use it actually in the game for multiple levels. I mean, it's, it's the best in the business hands down. So, cause like, as you could see here, nah, it, it, so we got like the, the heavy duty. So what kind of, what kind of board is this? It's almost, uh, I remember seeing pieces of it because it's not just like standard cardboard, right? Uh, the it, website says it's HDF, high density. That's what HDF. I thought. That's what I right, thought. Right, right. It's a step above MDF, correct? Yeah, and then you've got the uh, the plastic. Uh, I, I I love this, by the way. This is probably my favorite feature. Uh, is the corners, the the plastic corner pieces, so you can kind of realign the walls if you need to. Instead of yeah, just it having really a opens up the versatility of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It opens up the versatility and most importantly, you break it down easily. Right. I mean, I, yes. I have a bunch of this stuff and it and it lays relatively flat in the in the bin that I have. So I can take a whole city map and it doesn't really take up that, that much space. Right. Yeah. I was I was showing this off uh to uh, same group I showed the other stuff off to. Um and they were because ta- a lot of them uh, we're kind of, we're kind of pissed off because, uh, not at this, but they had bought their, you know, their sets of terrain for like, what is the, the Warhammer like approved see, um, layouts. There we go. Layouts. And then, uh, we went to a new edition and they came out with the new kind of suggested layouts and some of the building arrangements were completely different. And so it was like, oh, well, now this terrain I have is useless and I need to go buy, you know, different terrain. Granted, it, 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 was, it was not GW stuff, but because it was fixed and already glued together, you know, you can't adjust it. Whereas this, it's like, oh, well, I need a T-shaped wall now. Okay, well, I'll just move this around and now I have a T-shaped wall. And then not only that, I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, uh, Games Workshop is is still king with everything they do so when you know when they say jump everyone has to say how high yeah we wanted to make our stuff like we did with all of our other products we want to make it versatile we want to make it usable for a regular gamer for someone who's a you know an intense tournament level player this stuff's versatile for for every type of tabletop game that you'd be playing yeah i think one of the coolest sets i've seen is the because i i always think of uh the the way that some of the city works where it's the uh, the buildings and the uh 
the buildings, what was it? The buildings and the fence. It always reminds me of like Marvel Crisis Protocol, like that kind of, it seems like perfect for that style uh, of game, especially when it's something that you can like, the terrain you can pick up and throw. <laughs> but like, I saw yeah, this. Yeah, if you take a look at like the rural downtown, you'll see the chain link fence and some of the other accessories as well. Yeah. But like I love this, and this was I saw this in the booth too. Like the the, the giant like, <laughs> uh, was that six stories, six stories tall skyscraper? Yep. Like you don't usually yeah, see six story high rise. Yeah, you don't usually see stuff like that because most games it's like, oh, I'm just gonna play, you know, ground and maybe one or two floors. Well, so. that's one of the great things about Metropolis is you can build it as tall as you want, but every single window, every single door does pop out, so you can fight on every single floor of that building. Okay, if that's you a good, to. okay. That's good uh, to know. It'll it'll be a little bit tough, but I mean, you could you could get in there. You could use one of the larger buildings and have an office on one floor and bathrooms on the other floor, and and so on and so forth, and really really build the interior just as much as you're building the exterior. We right. played a game of Crisis Protocol where all the buildings were very very high, and you couldn't touch the ground. So unless your character had flight or web crawler or something like that, you couldn't get from building to building. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to stay over here on the bottom floor. You guys come get me. <laughs> yeah, Captain America was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was trying to see if I had. So yeah, there's like a lot of, a lot of different. What's been y'all's most popular stuff so far? So definitely um, the, the new buildings have been very popular. The chain link fence itself is is definitely our one of our number one sellers because so many games can use it and there's nothing out there like that. I mean, it's it's you could see through it. You could bend it in half. The whole thing is about four feet long and it folds up to be the size of your wallet. Yeah. So it's, it's super versatile. Um, it comes with like a little, you can get a little spool of like fake barbed wire to, uh, it adds just a little extra elements to it. Even if you don't paint it, it still looks good. It still works very well for your game types that you're doing. Oh yeah, like especially like right off the bat, like I said, it's in that same kind of aesthetic as the Marvel Crisis Protocol, but any sort of like zombie themed miniatures game, this is right up that alley. So at, at Historicon, uh, the small convention in, in Pennsylvania, uh, a group did a zombie game where they borrowed some of our Metropolis trainer buildings or chain link fences and stuff. And the guy actually had 2,000 individual zombie models on the board. Um, that moved as this, just this giant horde. And, and again, you take some of these, you take some of our shipping containers, the, the new things, and you throw some 50 caliber turrets on there and you got yourself a zombie outpost. Wow. All right. Yeah, it was amazing pictures. It was very cool. But one of the things that you guys have gotten real oh, that is not what I meant to that is not what I meant to pull up. One of the things you guys have gotten real into recently though is the uh the the cyberpunk. Now that you you uh, you mentioned it previously, but I'm assuming that that was a Kickstarter too, correct? Yes, that that was a Kickstarter too as well. Uh it started off we, we've got a very good relationship with Artel Sorian and Mike Pondsmith and his family, the the creators of Cyberpunk. And back in the day, Mike Pottsmith and, and my boss, John, had a conversation. He said, can we start making us miniatures for our RPG game? And John, who's a wizard at, at all things tabletop, started making these great miniatures. And they, you know, were used in the RPG, but people were like, you know, can we use this for other games? And, and that was really great about them. So eventually got to the point we had so many individual models in the line. We said, let's make our own skirmish game. You know, skirmish games are on the rise. Uh, you know, people don't want to put 50, 60, 100 models on a board anymore. They want to put eight or 10. 
So you can get these characters that are highly detailed models and, and play a fast-paced skirmish game in under an hour while still being thematic and still being cinematic. And it's just a, it's a really, really fun experience. So so we, again, have a great relationship with our Telsorians. So every time they come up with something cool in their RPG, we can put it into our, our skirmish game. And if we do something cool in our skirmish game, they put it into the RPG. So it's just a really, really cool relationship to work with them. So how how does the game play on on just like a, we don't need to get into the super nitty gritty but just fundamentally how does the game play? Absolutely. So so basically, just like all tabletop skirmish games, you're going to start off by building your force, choosing your faction. So the the core game that you see here on the screen, we have um, the Maelstrom and the Tiger Claws. The Maelstrom are heavily cybernetically enhanced characters and the tiger claws are a little bit more of like cyber ninjas and, and things like that so it's a little bit of a contrast between the two so you'll pick your force you'll you'll pick your playable characters and give them gear and everything like that to at a predetermined point you'll pick a scenario that you're going to be playing on it's on a smaller board usually a 22 by 30 board that seems to be the, the standard skirmish size um and you'll, you know, you set up your terrain, you'll play the objectives and the scenario, and ultimately it's it's turn for turn. So you'll I'll activate one model, then you'll activate one model. Good. And, and, and back and and, and and back and forth. But what's cool is there's certain things in the game that change that. So uh, Oyabon, the leader of the Tiger Claws, has an ability where at the end of her activation, she can activate another free model, uh, another Tiger Claw model for free. So two models are moving before you move one. The combat zoners, who are a very powerful faction, they have this combo that they can play where uh, they can move three or sometimes even four models, maybe even more in a single turn. So they swarm objectives, they swarm you know targets that, that get caught out in the open and everything like that just because there's this big horde of, of characters moving your way. Um, so every every faction's got their strengths, every faction has their weakness. So you'll go you'll go back and forth again, working to complete objectives, um, you know, rolling dice using our reaction system. The reaction system is our, our uh, custom made gameplay scenario where all the dice that you have are connected to tokens and those those colors determine your range and your skills and, and what dice you're gonna be rolling to ultimately decide how you do everything in the game. So it looks like a lot. I mean, I could talk about this all day, but basically <laughs> once you get the hang of it you can set up play and break down the game in less than an hour awesome and so like I, we were showing it up here on the screen so the box set that he so you get you get two you know ready to play basically for two players you get the the two factions looks like you got the, the board and all the tokens and cards but you also get uh some of that some of that delicious uh metroscape uh metropolis terrain as well and it's just 120 bucks which as someone that's paid games workshop prices that's that's a steal <laughs> we at, at, gen, at gen con we we shocked a lot of people with that price point really the, the starter factions the smaller starter factions of like the lawmen or the zoners or the trauma team they're they're fifty dollars and you get a full faction all their objective cards their loot cards and everything like that so basically, you're getting two factions and a ton of stuff, dice, terrain, um, cards, and things like that for 20 more dollars. So it's a, it's an incredibly good deal. It's it's a great way to get into this game, and it, it opens the door to so much more in this cyberpunk universe. So, uh, excuse me if you mentioned this when you were talking about Dodd, uh, are they pre-assembled miniatures, or do you still have to glue them together yourself? 
You still have to glue them together, but if anyone's ever seen the RPG miniatures, the majority of them are almost all pre-built. Okay. There's little things that you could put on there, like someone has a helmet versus no helmet option. Gotcha. Uh, they'll have a you know a larger gun that they just couldn't fit onto the fit, fit onto the model and, you know, without it breaking, so you just got to glue that on. And then basically, there's two ways to mount them onto their base. You can cut off the little plastic pegs that you have on their feet and glue them down, or you can actually drill through the base. We have pre guide. Uh, predetermined guide holes that let you drill the model in there that secure them to the base a little bit stronger. Nice. Now, I saw I another reason I wanted I, I was really excited to talk with you about this. So, I saw another I think it was a Polygon article where they compared this box set to the Necromunda box set. So, is there a they, campaign they, element to this this game as well? Yeah, so the Polygon did a great article for us. They said it's better than Necromunda, which was a huge, huge uh, win in our for in our corner, and then it's the, the opening line was has buttery smooth mechanics, which is, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, so yes, it does have that. You know, I'm going to play one skirmish level, just fast paced game, which lets you modify your your characters and everything like that to play that one off game. But we also have a, a scenario campaign system where. The more you play, you can actually level your characters up. In in the core box for every faction, you're going to get a you know generic character, then a level one, then a level two for some of the characters. So their stats will get better, their abilities will get better, um, and then you'll play objectives that let you you know if you win, you can move you know and promote one person. And when it gets to a point when you have a certain number of characters promoted, there's almost like an end scenario to win the campaign. It's called the prove your worth. And you'll be playing a, a specific scenario for the faction that you're playing. And if you win, you essentially win the mini campaign that you're doing. Nice. See, that's that's what intrigues me the the, the most, especially like I I am a, uh, I've started playing Necromunda a couple times this year, and I love the the kind of campaign aspect of it and the the storytelling that kind of comes through the the gameplay. So when I saw that comparison, that was when it was like. Because Cyberpunk, as a as a IP, I've not been overly attached to. Like, the closest I've gotten is, like, the Android universe, which is somewhat based on it. Um, the, in, like, Android Netrunner and that sort of thing. But yep. then when that I first. saw that comparison, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an amazing setting. I mean, people, people always say, oh, is this connected to the video game? Is it connected to the RPG? Um, if the video game is 2077, our game is about 2045. So it's about 30 years before. And the, the time of the red, so the Cyberpunk red, is Arasaka, which is this big military conglomerate that kind of control everything. They have this giant tower in the center of Night City with their fail-safe defense mechanism that if anyone tries to steal it, a nuclear bomb goes off in the tower. And that's what happens, essentially. This bomb goes off in the center of the city, and it's just... Everything is radioactive. Everything is, is chaotic, and that becomes what we said the time of the red. Yes, because correct me if I'm wrong here, but the video game spawned off the RPG, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the RPG has been around for for a long, long right. time. So they made 2077 as like a little bit later in the story. Um, and then, like I said, the RPGs. Well, there was the, a 2020 version. There was <laughs> yeah the the which again. <laughs> sounded so futuristic in the past but now it's you know that's past tense for i us. mean it was a hell <laughs> yeah but, but then we get into the uh, we get into the 2045 about like i said about 2045 got it 
so what? Since so, so you now that you've gotten the uh, the sort of the the Kickstarter fulfillment, what's next down the pipeline for for not just the the, the combat zone, but also uh, Monster Fight Club in general? So we're we're definitely working with more more in the combat zone. That's going to be you know our, our our big ticket for the rest of the year. We have a lot of new models to to unleash. We have new factions that are going to be coming. Uh, we want to incorporate things like vehicle rules. I mean, if you look at anything in Cyberpunk, there's gunships, there's APC trucks, there's motorcycles. We want to have everything that you see or everything you imagine in Night City. We want to have that in our tabletop game. So models are going to get uh, so factions are going to get new models to really beef them up, give you a little bit more variety. There's going to be new terrain that we're going to release, new uh, like some new new vehicle rules and things like that. Our goal is to release mini scenarios, you know, once a, once a month, one you know, maybe twice a month, so you can have that mini campaign feel instead of just a skirmish. And then we get into to more goodness. We're we're working on our next Kickstarter for some more terrain. Uh, I mean, you, you saw a brief uh, display of it, which is going to be our super tanker boat, and then that crane mechanism in the shipping containers that we have. And then we've got our Borderlands uh, board game releasing, which did very well for us on Kickstarter. So we're uh, we're really moving in the right direction. There's a lot of really exciting things coming up for Monster. As I quickly try and find, I I I got to bring up this boat because the boat is just amazing. Uh, it's a, it's a mixture of MDF, a 3D print, and it's modular, so you can make it as as long or as short as you want. The the one we had on display was about seven feet long. And can hold over 200 of the shipping containers that we have. All right, here we go. Now I can flip to the screen. Yeah, look at the look at this boat, Philip. Now as soon as the picture actually loads, there it goes. As it like clarifies, yeah, there it that goes. is amazing. <laughs> That's what I said. Like you just walking down the aisle, and then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so and and yeah. you know, they get you get you can see like the cityscape stuff that they had even in the background. Oh yeah, there's the city, but then like even even the cranes. I mean, there's yeah, there's all the lines running to like be legitimate cranes. Although that that crane actually moved and everything, you could you could pick up a container from the boat and pull it back onto the harbor. That is wild. so. My, my, again, John Kovaleski is a, is a wizard. I, I keep I keep saying it because it's true. I mean, he literally creates this stuff out of thin air and it's just the best in the business and every single floor of that ship opens up so you can fight on every single level the smokestack behind the bridge is a dice tower um it's it's <laughs> oh, yeah it's, awesome. it's it's little things like that that just make it super super playable but again there's there's nothing like it out there this is just it's the best in the business the the, the story for the super tanker is during covid uh, Mike Podsmith ran a, a cyberpunk red RPG game with with John and a couple other people, part of our, our team monster. And basically this ship, the Anne Boleyn, was off Night City just circling and nobody knew why. And basically after the, the bomb went off, the ship kind of went haywire and couldn't go back to port. So this is full of gear and, and stuff like that. So the, the team, team monster went out there and all of a sudden the robots and security defenses activated and they had to fight their way not only on the ship but then also off the ship trying to steal as much as they could i showed this picture to some of my 40k players and they said that the one of, one of the guys was like i would only get all that stuff and then uh nate what was the ship that wrecked in the the, the canal that was like ever ever something oh yeah yeah dang it he was the just ever- talking about oh. he would it would make a scenario based around that about it wrecking and being stuck in the canal 
Yeah, I mean, so in in short time, uh, we're hoping sometime in September we're going to announce this as our as our Kickstarter. It's going to be the, the kit, or you know, if you want to print it yourself and build it yourself, or if you want to purchase it, the the different shipping containers, the crane itself, it's all going to be uh, easily available. We oh. talked about it's going to be the our generation's uh, USS flag. If anyone's yes. familiar with the the GI Joe, the GI Joe carrier. carrier. <laughs> So you're a hundred dollars back in the day. So. Ever given. There we go. It was the ever given that blocked the Suez Canal. Yeah. yeah. I see that was that see you you talked about price. I was I'm like, all right, six buildings, two fences, all the other stuff. That's four hundred bucks. How much is this boat gonna cost? <laughs> yeah, but he said uh, I was uh I was actually surprised. You said that you were gonna have it available for uh 3D printing as well. Correct. Yeah, we're we're gonna oh. we're gonna be able to to sell the actual files as well. And and like I said, those those sections that are holding the container, you can add as many of those as you want. So you can have this boat be ten feet long if you wanted, or you can shorten it down to be three feet long. Um, we we recommend using it for like serving dinner or sushi <laughs> and stuff like that. If you want if you want to have it on your table at all times. Um, but I mean, it's it, these were prototypes that we had on display. And we're already working on the, the next level of these. They're just going to keep getting better the more and more Team Monster keeps working with them. Now, I'm, you you talking about uh, serving for dinner. Now I, now I want to see someone, one of these hooked up to like a remote and somebody using it to like pick the food up and like rotate over and set the food plate down. <laughs> oh, I want to go further too because I would need, you would need an extremely sturdy table I want to make this thing watertight and make it float. <laughs> that would, uh, we heard all of this stuff at, at the last two conventions. We had this thing, right? I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, one guy just wanted to blow it up, you know, just like see, see what it would look like when, it, when we blew it up. So. Cause then you but can then use the, the, sky's the limit with you it, can so. use the terrain as an exploded ship. You just use the bits. Yeah. And like <laughs> Exactly. The sky's the limit with this stuff, and it, and it fits right into all of what Monster Fight Club does. It's playable, it's versatile, it's very, very durable. It, it's it's going to be the best thing on your tabletop with minimal effort. Yeah, the, the Sean in the chat says that ship is sick, and I I agree that like I said, um, and and I I, I never got to see it because your booth I, I mentioned in the email your booth was just completely crowded so much, um. And I saw that there was like a promotion going on with like the, so, so were you selling individual containers with like mysteries something inside or? So, so we had a couple ideas. Um, what we did was you could purchase a container that fell off the boat. Usually it, it, it they, the containers come in packs of five, but we would let you buy one of the containers off the boat and then you could roll the dice you see in the bottom corner. Uh, you could roll the dice and you could either win an additional container or discounts or even a full copy of combat zone or, or a starter faction just by rolling those dice and everything like that so we, we had this little chart breakdown we were going to put stuff into every single container because those containers do open up yeah. they lay completely flat they, they they connect to each other to um to basically build be like legos there's no glue there's no plastic uh magnets or, or mold or anything it's just they all stack together um so we were going to put something in like a little gumball machine but there were just too many and they were going too fast. We, we couldn't keep up. That is like, that is one of those kind of like genius ideas where it's like, Hey, you like that? You want just like a piece of it? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. It, it became a little, you know, a little bit of flag, a little giveaway that, that you could pick up a Gen Con. 
Yeah, and there's, I mean, even one container you can do a lot with, and especially like in a skirmish game, you know. Yep. That's got to be really helpful for, you know, somebody that's developing miniature terrain when you've got a game that so closely kind of works with it. You know, like like you said, a lot of this terrain, you can use it in several different games, but then you've got something like it, it, it uniquely fits each piece that you come out with, you know. Even even yeah, the, so even the wood stuff, you could have like a little park and then pull the trees off, and it's like, oh, it's a decayed park. Exactly. I mean, we we did a D and D campaign with my group where we had all the summer trees at the start. We went and did a couple quests, came back, and it was autumn. Went and did a couple quests, came back, changed out all the trees to our winter set. So I mean, it was just for the the six of us, but it was a nice little visual aesthetic that you know the season was changing as we were playing and stuff like that. It just re- really helped build that that fantasy in the mind type thing so what's been what's been your favorite pieces of ter- of like product that you've come out with what is it just the base box or uh for for terrain or the game itself the i mean i i love just in terrain in general sure i i love the metropolis terrain um i, I built a small city in my basement just because i could like i, I had enough of the buildings it was really great but the the trees are are above and beyond anything out there. Um, one of the things I always tell stores when, when I'm talking to them is you don't have to build it. You don't have to paint it. You don't have to treat it like a baby. Um, you know, when, when, when it's all said and done, you could dump this into a bin and tuck it under your table and never have to worry about it again. It's, it's easy to clean. It won't crack. At conventions, I'm throwing these trees off the wall and, and people <laughs> are shocked by it. You know, people are shocked that no, no damage comes to it. So it's, we, we wanted it to be versatile and usable and, one less thing you have to worry about. So definitely just the, the wide range of our trees are, are definitely my favorite because they're usable in everything. They're usable in science fiction. They're usable in modern times. They're usable in fantasy. So you can have a grouping of these trees and use it again and again, no matter what type of game you're playing. Yeah, I pulled up on screen here. The, the, this is the pick I was thinking of from Gen Con last year, where it was this big, huge, mountainous display. And like, I saw that, and it was just like, man, I just want to play something on that. Like, I want to be moving minis around because this is like a, I, 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 I want to say it was like a three by three board or a four by four board. So you know, like some yeah, of your, three, three by three. Yeah, so like your standard kind of skirmish game, but there's just so much in here and aside from kind of this big cave that's that you know this this one kind of chunk here most of the rest of these are just individual pieces you can get on the website like you know these these random uh, these random kind of uh stacks of rock those are individual pieces you can get there's the you know the neoprene with the trees on top they sell the crystals uh, then there's also like the, the well and like the, the ladders and such like these are, this is just kind of like what you can do with enough of it <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. And then that's, and that's, what's really great is even if you, you know, if you have a ton of it, it looks awesome. If you have a, a little bit of it, you can constantly move this stuff around and you'll never have the same table board twice, you know, twice. So it's, it's really helps bring your game to life with minimal effort. And, and that's what we're going for. We want people to enjoy their tabletop gaming to the next level, but not have to worry about it, not to spend uh, an arm and a leg to to get to that forest that they're trying to build, or that you know the, the fighting Star Wars Legion on Endor. Or something yeah, like that. it's all doable with Monster Fight Club Train. Yeah, I, it's also. I mean, this is such a, a, a niche thing, but uh, we I, I've started making like flyers for our event, our 40k events, 
And a lot of times I'll be staging different minis and the terrain works great for the photos of just like uh, putting like a couple different characters on some of the rocks uh, and then like with the tree, maybe like off offset in the background kind of thing. It just, it, it makes for, 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 for very nice, uh, eye catching photos to put on there. Like I said, very niche kind of example, but, uh, it's eye catching. That's the, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Yeah. One of my favorite pictures I took was, uh, I painted a war stopper for Age of Sigmar and I put him in a, a bunch of the evergreen trees and it looks like he's just strolling through the forest <laughs> and some of the trees are taller are taller than he is and, and it's just like he kind of just fits right in like oh my god there's this giant walking through this forest like what do we do and i mean i know philip you were mentioning about there was the uh there was the uh you were talking about the price and how you know like for the whole cityscape it was like 320 dollars. but i'll tell you this just for comparison like for you're only talking like a hundred bucks cheaper is this is just like MDF that you got to punch out and assemble and glue yourself to get the same like stuff. And, you know, for a lot of people that, that hundred dollars is, is time that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that could easily be recalled. you know, that was like, I, like there is an option, like for some of these trees, I saw that there was an option where you could get it unpainted. And, but I was like, nah (laughs) like if i'm gonna if i'm gonna get that high quality product i'm just gonna pay the little bit extra just to get it already painted and that's one less thing that i have to put on my shelf or my my you know my to paint shelf even the unpainted stuff though you hit it with a light dry brush or a wash or something like that and, and it does a lot of the work for you and the texture on it is so good and it takes again just i keep saying the minimal effort there for you but just a little bit extra time. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to dump an entire paint pot to paint this this canopy of trees. It's just a light dry brushing, and it's ready to go for you. Oh yeah. All right, Philip, you got any you got any questions? We we've kind of you know that you've been hit with a lot here. This is this is I'm I'm just I'm looking at all the scenery like this is some yeah. cool stuff, man. This uh, that's that's the that's what we pages. run into, and that, that's what we run into. People people still don't really know who we are. And, and again, I'm not saying it because the logo's on my shirt. It's the best in the business. I mean, Dwarven Forge is fantastic, but you got to take a mortgage out yeah. to, uh, to, to be able to, to build a table for that. So we wanted to you know, make this accessible for everybody, and you can use it again and again, and it's, it's going to last. It's going to be durable. You don't have to worry about it breaking or anything. Yeah, like, I, like my, my set of, of terrain that I use for for to play a full 40k set i think probably it's it's gw it's the gw ruins and that was probably like msrp is probably like over 200 dollars and so many man hours into because that's the plastic on sprues you got to cut them and then glue everything together and then you know painting it and I've, i've i've got half of it painted and the other half is kind of like painted and with some rough detail on it but i haven't find so like half of it doesn't look the same as the other half and so you know it, it just just for that little bit extra it's like boom dump it on the dump it on the table and boom we're ready to go it's easy enough and then when you're done dump it back into the bin tuck it under your table it's ready for you for next time yeah and like you said you could even you know even taking it apart it didn't even take as as, as much space as well, Rusty Beatles, he says modeling is his hobby. Well, maybe you need to actually play the games on your shelf instead of like painting them. 
<laughs> no, you just collect them and hoard them all. <laughs> well, you can hoard that's, this stuff. That's, and what make, I, that's what I do. You just make huge dioramas then. That's they like the, yes. the, the the ship. We'll just go back. We'll just go back to the picture of the ship. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 almost about to have uh uh as long as Renegade keeps it up, I will have the season finale of oh, yeah. Power Rangers Super Mega Force. <laughs> I'll just, just have every Ranger. So then, then you're gonna come uh, get get me to paint them all, so that you can just have, see. And then you can use the rock terrain from Monster Fight Club to make that little canyon that they had kind of there with everybody lining up. That's right. There we go. <laughs> there you go. It's easy, easy enough. And then that could be your background for the show. But no, Dan and I have the same idea, man. We use the Discord backgrounds. We got that cool. <laughs> is that like a is that like a pig or something? It, it's it's cyber city. It was like cyber city, and I was like, well, that seems fitting to talk about. Yeah, cyber exactly. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that face is supposed to be on the monitors, though. <laughs> don't tempt me, Frodo Baggins. Says recipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, just just uh, we we just before we close out the show, I do have a little bit of a. This isn't a Chris Renshaw game, so hopefully it won't suck. Uh, and that is one of the games I did pick up at Gen Con that I thought would work great because, you know, these like quick party games kind of just playing a couple rounds uh, work pretty cool. It's called uh, Everything Ever. And this is this. Oh, is, I've heard about this. You've heard about this? I've heard good things about this. This is, this is from Floodgate Games. It's the party game you've been preparing for your whole life. Uh, so, uh, and I like, <laughs> there's all these decks of cards and I've only, I've only like opened up one of them, but I'll go ahead and open up another one here. Just so different stuff. And the way this works is there's going to be two, uh, two cards. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to read them out loud so that, you know, for the audio and for everything. And every card has a topic on it. Um, for instance, let me just pull what's on the top here. Uh, like it says every comic strip, you know, it's got a little cute little thing of a, uh, there and then it'll say there'll be two cards and the other one will say like every dog breed so you put this out and uh, the way it works is each person has 10 seconds to name one of each category now if you can't do it then that's like a penalty and that's where you get in the full game and we're not going to deal with all that but like you get bonus points is if you can name something that's in like both of them. <laughs> so okay. uh, in this case it might be uh, might be kind of rough but like uh, Marmaduke <laughs> or, or, or uh, it, Marmaduke's not exactly a dog breed, but you know, and then like Snoopy, I just, you could almost say Snoopy's a breed, just like the type of dog, but whatever. <laughs> I, I <laughs> we're just, we're just, we're just, you know, it's all for fun here so, with, with I'll, when you had, I'll give it a try. when you had comics and dog breeds, I was like, Oh, crypto. Oh man. That's yeah, good. That's like, good. I don't. I don't know what breed of what breed of dog crypto is supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah. Crypto. Boom. Yeah. Uh, we played this. This was a great. Like we played this in the airport. It was like me and Heather playing this while we we're waiting for our flight, and uh, it got to the point. Mike's like, I don't want to play, but he ended up being the default judge, where somebody's like, Wait, does that count as? And there was one. It was like um, types of bread and states, or no, types of bread and uh, condiments. We went back and forth for like 30 minutes because you just kind of keep going until someone can't name something or names like, uh, you know, on repeat something else. Uh, okay. So, 
Uh, let's see. So first thing we have... Ooh. Ooh. That might be kind of rough. Uh, so the first thing we have is every named building. <laughs> okay. And then every TV show with the word show in it. <laughs> in the title. Say, say it again? What are the, what are the two? Every named building... In every TV show with the word show in the title. And you don't have to try and find something that hits both. The idea is you're just supposed to quickly say it like, right now I could go Empire State Building and The Cleveland Show. And my turn's done. Like, I've, I've fulfilled the thing. You just get The Baxter bonus. Building and That 70s Show. There you go. Like... <laughs> uh, and I think Dan, we've already we've already lost Dan on that. No, you know you know what it is. You lock you lock me in. There. I'm trying to get both in one. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the Sears Tower and um oh I can't think of a show one which is which is you crazy. could have just gone that '80s show. <laughs> That's yeah, the funny. Sure, the, fu I didn't want to pick you. the funny part is like when someone like we had a sci-fi one and then Heather named like Star Trek. Well, fine, Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> There you go. All right, I'm gonna draw two new ones because that's that's. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, no, we just we just said dog breeds. I'm not gonna say that one again. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is perfect. Perfect right here. Every Chris <laughs> or Christine or Christopher or Christy. So every every Chris, and then the other category is uh, every food you can eat with your hands. <laughs> Hot dogs and Chris Evans. Tacos and Chris Pratt. Uh, Chaco Tacos and me. <laughs> nice. Uh, Christina Aguilera and Hamburgers. Uh, Christina Ricci and Corn Dogs. Uh, I ran out of uh, Christopher Columbus and Quesadillas. Chris Pratt and Burritos. Didn't you say Chris Pratt already, Philip? I did. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. All right. Let's do we'll do one more. Uh every movie title that's a question. And no, that's dumb. <laughs> okay, this has got to be entertaining. I had it. I had it. I had it. What? No, no, no. Dude, no. Where's my car? No, no, no. That that no, uh, that one's still in. It was the the oh. other one was Every River. <laughs> I was like, that's dumb. Uh, Mississippi. Boom. Done. Every movie title, that's a question. And every person known by one name. Dude, where's my car? Adele. Adele. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, Prince and... Oh, God. I, I'm drawing, I just had one. Oh, you guys are putting me on the spot. I'm not <laughs> here. Well, I'll go, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? And Bono. Yeah, the, the the movie titles with the question is the one where you're like, Ugh. I feel like I'm looking off into the distance like an idiot right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is tough. This is a movie that's a question. Yeah. Oh, so many people are going to hound me for this, not knowing. No, this. it's fine, because like, I can't think of a second one. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right. This, this, this one. Brained Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Oh, good. See, you're good at this. Dang, good one. dang, Philip. All right, this what? one, this one should be, uh, this one should be easier. Uh, every time travel movie and every G-rated curse word. 
So I'm gonna go. Time cop and dang. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna Back go to with... the future and fart. <laughs> I'm gonna go with dang nabbit and uh, Back to the Future Part Two. <laughs> I'll complete the set. Back to the Future 3 and crap. <laughs> uh, Philip, I think it's you. Uh, Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home, and gosh. <laughs> uh, Primer. Gosh. <laughs> Primer. Anybody seen Primer? Uh, and uh, oh god, I can't. What is it? Um, I can't think of the word for Battlestar Galactica that they would always use. Frack. 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 <laughs> you helped me out on that one, but yeah. But that's more of a, that's more of a, like, you It's know. G-rated us. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. <laughs> is, is it to me? Yeah. Is, is interstellar time travel? Yeah. Uh, that and fiddlesticks. Fiddlesticks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, for, I would definitely say, like, for, for me, uh, just my dad, it, it, it is, it's a one letter, it's a one word in the South. Uh, golly. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> And then Monday yeah, was, through Friday plane. Oh no no no! <laughs> Just looking at rusted beetle put in there. No no no. Okay, hold on. But f- first, let me. Uh, I need a. I need a, a time travel movie. And he said Terminator, so I. I can't think of anything that's not Terminator. But no, have you seen the snakes on a plane? There's an edited clip. Uh, uh, there's an edited clip that's like been dubbed over, where it's like what you can air on TV. Uh, and it's like, I'm tired of these monkey flipping p- snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. <laughs> Jeez. All right. I think that's, I think that's enough torture for, for dad for one night. <laughs> so yeah. No, I, I'm thinking of more. Uh, My problem is um, we, we, we Avengers. didn't just... go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, Avengers end game. And foiled is the one i, I always Ooh. use i like that one nice language yeah. <laughs> i was trying to find a good one where we could get uh the get the 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 the, the combos like uh, one of the ones they showed in the example where it's like every smith ever and it's like every child actor and you could say jaden smith oh mm. that's kind of like the 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 uh the the toss up there um, or like, uh, you remember I told you we went round and round with condiments and types of bread. I went with crouton. <laughs> oh, so nice. Yeah. So there you go. And it, that's like, a cool game though. I, I like that. Yeah. And the, and the way it works is like every time you like stumble like that, you like get the card as, as a, as a penalty. Uh, and then when you make like the, the, when you get the the duel where you hit both of them, then you get to get rid of said penalties and you also get to play like you have a hand of cards. So you don't, you're not just at the whim of random. You can actually play like, I know a bunch of these. I'm going to throw this one down. So, and there's like, like this is all the cards it comes with. So there's oh yeah, like, I've only, I've only opened up two of them. So, and then of course there's all sorts of different because every, every one of these games has to have like 15 different variants that you could do. 
So there you go. That's uh, everything, everything ever from Floodgate Games. Floodgate? That's a good, yes, good pickup, good party game. So uh, with that, thank you, Dan, so much for, for coming on to the show. Um, no problem. Is there... That's been this there week's episode. Uh, if you want to check us out live, you got to go to boardsandswords.com slash live. That's got the schedule for where we're going to be streaming and all the links straight to the live streaming channels. All right. Uh Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where do people need to keep in touch in order to uh, to find out what else Monster Fight Club has going on? Yeah, I mean, shoot me an email. I'll keep you guys in the loop. That's no problem. And uh, holy crap, I got th- so much going on in this episode. I forgot to even mention. So we're not going to have a show in two weeks because Nova Open is going to be happening. But we're doing it live. We have a live show going on at Nova Open, and I forgot to mention, I'm going to probably put something in the beginning of the episode. We're going to have guests. We're going to have Adam Loper from Tabletop Minions is coming on the show, along with uh, his co-creator for all the... They have a whole bunch of mini RPGs that they do. Uh, And Vince, that's that's the other guy that... uh, What was this? Brawling Badger Studios. I just had it written down, but their game studio is both Adam and Vince. They're going to come on the show and talk about their minis games, and then we'll be taking stories from the chat or stories from the from people there. There's going to be giveaways, etc. Uh, I'm going to be setting up a link: boardsandswords.com/nova-open. If you want to go get tickets, they're free. You just have to have a Nova badge to go there because it's a convention. That's how the things work. So yeah, yeah. Uncle Adam is going to be on Boards and Swords next time so you're not going to want to miss that out yes vince ventrella yes that is who i'm talking about hoser 40k so you're not going to want to miss out next week's episode it's not going to be live unless you're there in nova in which case you better be there live but boardsandswords.com slash live has the normal the normal schedule for that there's going to be lots of stuff there so in the meantime thank you everyone for staying for tuning into the show uh we'll be back in four weeks i guess not be back in two weeks with the show regardless uh in the meantime thank you so much and in this every gamer has a story and uh the first thing about monster fight club is you tell everybody about monster fight club and then please do